Aloha, everyone. I'm your host, Christina Laney-Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast, where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today, we'll continue our Sustainable Leaders series, and we're going to have a talk story with Sean Anderson and Greg Williams with Full Circle Farm. And we will talk about the Full Circle Farm they established and how their regenerative practices with composting chickens, food scraps, and more lead to healthy soils from what was once waste going to our landfills and our H power incinerator. We now have alternatives that can be solutions for Hawaii's future. So that's basically what we're going to dive into today. So aloha, Sean and Greg. Aloha. Thanks for having us. Um, thanks for joining us today. And before we begin, I'd like to share a little bit about our guest speakers. Today we have two. So I'm going to start with Gregory Williams. Do you prefer Gregory or Greg? Oh, we can do Greg for the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, Greg began working in regenerative agriculture in Hawaii in 1998. Wow, I graduated in 98. Working with the first organic sprout farm on Oahu to scale production island-wide. In 2002, he began working in education, bringing elementary school children from urban areas to organic farms for immersion experiences in Southern California. Greg had over a decade of experience in operations and logistic management. He, he's passionate about closed loop systems and helping build catalyst hubs that support change for the greater good. And moving on to Sean Anderson, He's had over 10 years experience in regenerative agriculture and composting. His degree in global studies from UC Santa Barbara helped build his global perspective and systems-based approach to problem solving. Sean is enthusiastic and passionate about composting, regenerative practices, and sharing his excitement through various educational tours and demonstrations hosted on their farm, in schools, and other organizations. So... Awesome, I can't wait to dive in. Uh, our Eco Rotary Club of Kaka'ako was fortunate enough to do a volunteer work day with them a few months back. And um, I just had to do a podcast with them. They did a tour with us after our work day and we got to learn so much about what it is they're doing. And that is what we are going to share today. So, Let's start with backgrounds. Where, where, let's start with Sean. Where are you originally from and what brought you to Hawaii? Uh, thanks again for, for having us on here and thanks for, for hosting this podcast and talking about these topics and, and sharing that with, with the island and with, with all your listeners. I was born in California. I grew up in Southern California, just outside Los Angeles. Um, you know, so not, not a farming background. Both my parents were teachers. I grew up in a, in a, you know, urban neighborhood, eventually um, moved to Northern California and then did college at, in Santa Barbara. And it was in Santa Barbara that I fell in love with food and farming and agriculture and began to, you know, make the connections between food and agriculture and our sort of global environmental 
situation that we find ourselves in that I would call crisis. Can you hear me okay? Because it's raining where, where I'm at. Yeah, it's a little, okay, I great. mean, you can still hear it. It's okay. Okay. Okay, great. Um, Waimanala. Uh, <laughs> blessed with lots of rain. Um, so that's where I got into agriculture. It was in Santa Barbara. Um, I, I stumbled upon a, a community garden there and kind of had an aha moment of like, hey, I don't really know anything about gardening or growing my own food. Let me, let me get into this. Quickly, quickly made a lot of mistakes and fell in love and decided I wanted to, you know, just gain more knowledge in, in growing food. And that, of course, led me to compost. And that led me to seeing food waste in a whole new way. Um, and I was fortunate to move to Hawaii in, in 2012 with the help of my family. We, we found this property, which is now a full circle farm. And it was a mission to sort of create a regenerative farm. And um, the farm has had lots of different chapters over the years, in the last 11 years. And the one that we're in now is so far my favorite uh, with a focus on compost and education and demonstration. And the team that's here on the farm, uh, there's seven of us, in including me and Greg, um, feels really good. and. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be where I am and doing what I'm doing. Awesome. What about you, Greg? Um, hey, aloha from Tahiti. I'm in Papaete. Um, so if the internet kind of goes out to have patience. Thanks. Yeah, thanks again for having us. I was born, I was like Sean, uh, born and raised in the Los Angeles area. And um, I had family uh, in Maui. So uh, I would spend time over there as a kid and uh, it just resonated with me, uh, you know, from just finding friends there and diving and fishing as, as a child, you know, with like other local kids and something just sunk in about um, the way people um, just treated each other differently than where I grew up, you know, a little more respect. Um, and so, I moved to uh, Oahu in 1986. And um, it was shortly after that that I got introduced to that farm and we read about my bio. And it was really, really great experience. It was my first experience with, um, you know, uh, kind of a more modern system um, that they had on this sprout farm for growing the sprouts and ensuring all of the organic uh, criteria was met. That was really fun. And um, I've lived other places in the world as um, through life, but most of that in my adult life has been in Hawaii. Awesome. So uh, I guess we kind of have an idea of why I always ask the question, like what got you into the sustainable world? But I think we've already covered those, those topics, but um, how did you two meet? I guess that's a good, that's a good segue. You want to take that one or should I show them? You, you, you take it. I wonder if we have like the same memory. It was quite a while ago. It was <laughs> shortly after Sean moved here. Um, I have, we have a mutual friend named Paul Isaac, who um, I've known for uh, quite a while. And um, I believe that's how Sean and I first met at the Makawa house, maybe in Kailua. We, they would have like kind of community jam 
like hang out and like potluck at this house and it was just a great spot and um stuff that like continues to uh, drive us and inspire us is connectivity through you know food story music um community um and we just became uh we were like kind of like mutual recognition of like oh hey that guy all right cool um <laughs> and we'll be friends and we became friends and just better friends and then in i think it was 2017 or 2018 i was um moving to um new york for a bit but like for a couple of weeks before i moved there um i stayed in the farm with sean and both of us were kind of going through transitional periods of our lives and it was just like a really good connection and then um uh, when I moved back to Hawaii, I ended up uh, re reconnected. And then that's when stuff really started to expand and evolve in our, our work together, our support of each other, just friendship, brother, um, all the good stuff. You know, I just get well, like a, like a bromance as Valentine's Day. <laughs> <is coming. laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, sure. Uh, <laughs> you, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll send you some uh, Tahitian pearls, Sean. <laughs> thank you yeah well said yeah I, I i i ditto all that i mean i think it was it was the type of friendship that like pretty early on we we definitely just you know connected on on i guess key philosophies about life and so it was like it's easy to talk together we had shared a lot of similar visions and so it was uh it was bound to happen i think that we'd end up doing some work together awesome so from here, I would like to dive into your full circle farm. So how did you, so I'm in real estate by trade. I don't know if you guys knew my background and um, I've been doing residential real estate for like 16, 17 years, but over the past five or six years, I've stumbled into sustainability, this rabbit hole that <laughs> never ends. And um I've learned a lot. I started a nonprofit on sustainability and has done this, but it's also led me to kind of a full circle of, you know, at first real estate was separate from everything that we're doing. And now it's turning into a part of sustainability in the real estate space. So I do a lot and focus on um, ag land and sustainable initiatives when they're needing land, um, you know, homes and people that are wanting land to build and grow and, and do different things. So I'm, I'm very passionate about this. It's not um, as lucrative, obviously, as residential can be, but it's my passion. So um, I'm always interested in how people acquire land and finding ways to help support um, people that are farmers that are needing land um, and helping um, connect people in that kind of way for you know, affordable housing and things like that too. So how did you acquire this piece of land? And um, I, I'm always curious in that kind of retrospect. Totally, I, I, I share that same curiosity and uh, desire to make, you know, farmland more available and more readily available, especially to folks who, who are passionate and want to, and want to farm in a good way and want to do it in a way that, um, you know, treats the earth as a stakeholder, you know, and not just a, a resource to be extracted. 
Um, and yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done in that area. I would not be here, uh, without the help of my family. Um, my, my aunt and uncle, particularly Ed and Susan Catmull, um, they, they were, they helped buy the, buy the property. Um, and it was fee simple. Um, and they're just big supporters of mine, um, big advocates of, of my passion, I, I guess I could say. And, and they saw that I had a passion uh, for agriculture and for wanting to do something. And they're in a position where they could help support that. Um, and at the beginning, it was, you know, there was no real time limit on it. It was like, hey, let's, let's see if this works. And, um, you know, for them, if it didn't, it, it would be kind of an investment property that they would maybe have sold if, if, if I didn't take to the mm -hmm. farming in the way that, in the way that I have, that was, that was 11 years ago. So, um, now it's, it's, you know, as long as we can keep it going, we, we will keep it going. Um, and so they're just sort of our, our big generous, um, supporters that made the whole thing start. And, and, and I'll say that, that, that's continued to be a theme in the, on the farm. We've, we've partnered with other organizations and, and had a lot of support. Nothing has happened on this farm by the work of any just one person. It's everything is um, many hands, many hands have come together to make this, make this what it is. Awesome. So how large is the piece of land that you guys have? And it's in Waimanalo it's, for everybody who doesn't know. It's three acres in Waimanalo. It was formerly a horse ranch. Um, and it was, kind of a right place, right time situation. Uh, my, my family found it like right as it came on the market. I think even maybe even before it was even fully listed. Um, and yeah, they, you know, they, we had been, we had been talking. I was just about graduating from university and like, you know, had these like big dreams. I'm like, I'm going to be a farmer. I want to go, I'm going to go work on farms around the world and I'm going to start a farm. And, um, <laughs> You know, at that at that time in my life, I was I was starting gardens like everywhere that I could, like every little open patch of land. I would like, can I turn that into a garden? <laughs> um, and so, you know, when I shared that I wanted to be a farmer, they're like, yeah, okay, we we can kind of see that. And and then they share, I think, in the in the vision as well, and they understand the importance of you know the sustainability aspect of of good farming and you know, all the implications that come from our food system, um, positive and, and negative. And uh, so, yeah, they're excited and wanted to help. So um, maybe Greg, you could jump in as to um, what the farm does now, I guess, or maybe it's evolved into. Yeah, you know, when I came to the farm, it was about to, to like to be more involved, it was, about three years ago. And there's been different models that Sean can probably speak to a little bit more about, you know, farming and um, selling produce at the farmer's market, which is incredibly challenging to uh, the margins are so slim on, um, you know, unless you have like a vertical growth product that you can really support um, your, your farming. It's really challenging for small farms like everywhere. Um, and there was, we were just, you know, when we decided to like partner up a little bit more and, and have a more of an intention of like where we could 
have something that's supportive for all stakeholders. We were just looking at the farm um, and it was, I mean, there's so many different like kind of micro um, zones in the, at the farm that are amazing. There's, you know, uh, about 30 plus bee boxes, beehives. There's uh, an orchard that's had a whole different selection of trees that Sean has planted since the, they brought the, uh, the farm into what it is currently is. They're all maturing. There's like the garden beds. There's a circular garden that's different. There's a uh, chickens like that are egg layers that are in uh, de demonstrating a, a type of compost called lasagna composting. Worm bins. There's a uh, a, a blacksmith shop. There's an apothecary. There's all sorts of really interesting ways for people to engage and kind of discover um, new parts with them in themselves at that at the farm. And we see that from people of all ages, like when we'll have cakeys from school come over and they're kind of experiencing the composting area and seeing the scale of like, even though our scale is piloting and it's, you know, we think, well, this is relatively small because we do know how much food waste there is. It's really great to see like people that come and visit the farm, like the kids where they see us dumping in hundreds and hundreds of pounds of food waste at a time. And they're just kind of like, what? Like we had no idea it was so big. Um, and then there's, you know, like Sean's wife and Julianne who are at the farm have a, um, a business called Nurture and Bloom where they do a lot of supportive events for pre and postnatal family-oriented uh, like wellness through through um, diet. I mean, they can speak to more of that, um, but like there's so many different aspects of like, luckily we're able to um, take care of this place. And by the way that we've developed as a community to take care of the place, it, it really fosters some amazing, um, experiences and learning and, and uh, trading of knowledge with other people that get to come to that place, which is like uh, uh, the best that that's it's in our vision statement of like what we aim to do with being uh, have the privilege and like honor of having a place so beautiful to put our energy into, which we have the ability to share with our community. Awesome. Do you have anything else to chime in on? Sean? Um, yeah, I mean, Greg spoke to it well. I mean, yeah, the, the farm has had many chapters. It was form, it was originally called Green Rose Farm. Um, and, you know, like Greg said, we focused on growing vegetables and we, you know, we gave a really good effort towards that, that way of farming. Um, and, and then around the time that Greg and I met, it was like the farm was really in this like transitional space. And I think also like I was in a big transitional space where, you know, when I started the farm, there was no, the focus was just like, let's do regenerative ag. And, and that's so broad that, you know, it's very easy to start doing, like trying to do everything. Um, and we were like so excited and with so much passion and like energy and like all my people that were there in those early days were just like, you know, let, let's build a pizza oven, you know, and all of a sudden we're like, we're building a pizza oven. And like, it's just easy to start doing like a million things, which is cause like, that's, what's possible on in, in farming and like on, in agriculture, like, you know, you can, you want to build something all of a sudden you start building it. And now you're like 
a builder and then you're like the, the sink breaks and all now you're a plumber and like you like do, do, doing all these things um and that was amazing it's an amazing learning experience and it got to a point where it was like overwhelming and um kind of uh kind of near near burnout of like what just like so spread spread so thin you yeah know? And, I figured that because you started listing so many things and yeah I mean, I'm sure it was probably twice as, at least twice as much of what it is you do now. <laughs> it, yes, it, exactly. I mean, if maybe, maybe not, I mean, I think, I think I still put the same energy, but now it's just much more focused. And that was, mm-hmm. that was like the need. And I, and I actually had, hadn't left the farm in more for more than two weeks in the first six years of the farm. And so I was ready for like a little break and I, I left the farm for a little bit. And in that time away, realize like you know because I was like questioning like am I even into farming anymore like you know what am I you know um what is the what is this farm what is it doing and um came back refocused primarily on the things that I felt you know were most important to me and that the farm could have a biggest impact in and one was education and demonstration um as you mentioned like on your tour it's something that everyone on the farm loves to be a part of it's something the farm lends itself so well to. It's like, it's a beautiful place to walk around. And so it lends itself to, to being a, a place, a easy place to learn and, you know, be introduced to new things. And that was, I was passionate about that. And the second was compost. It's like specifically around soil health, compost and the issue of food waste. And I thought, great, let's focus on that. Then came the name full circle farm and, you know, with that decision came like, okay, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. And then things began to open up, which I think put us in the position to say yes to eventually the machine that you spoke of that, that started off the, uh, this new endeavor that Greg and I are on, which we're calling full circle solutions, Hawaii, which is our sort of umbrella for what we're putting our energy into in terms of composting, but, but really beyond composting to all types of, closed loop solutions Um, we're just our first stage and our first focus is on compost awesome so before we get into the composting facility that you guys have um can sean can you give us a 101 (laughs) for those Mm -hmm. of you who may not know much on farming um with regenerative farming and composting kind of like a 101 on composting for for everybody besides the fact that you guys everybody could just go and watch that show on Netflix. <laughs> that probably helps too, but, um, um, what show is that? Um, remember, you know, the one with Woody Harrelson was, Oh, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, kiss the ground. Kiss highly the ground. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah, yeah. Um, great, great, or great organization. Um, yeah. Great organization doing great work. And there, I, I would say that their, their website is, full of even better resources than their than their netflix documentary but um yes so here's the 101 uh compost refers to the natural process of decomposition um things break down and decompose we see it happening all the time right from from wood that's just left on the ground it starts to rot leaves fall they break down um and food starts to mold right and and starts to liquefy that's that's decomposition now there's lots so that's that's basically it now compost refers to sort of like um specifically decomposing materials 
with an intended purpose. And that intended purpose is return it to soil and to make a soil amendment to apply to feed plants and return nutrients back to the earth. And there's a few different ways to do it. Uh, the two main categories are anaerobic and aerobic. Uh, aerobic refers to with oxygen, anaerobic without. Um, anaerobic decomposition, um, if controlled, can be beneficial. It can produce um, off-gassing of methane, um, which can be captured if it's done in a controlled way um, and used for energy. But typically, most of the food waste on the planet is breaking down anaerobically and not by intention. It's breaking down anaerobically in landfills layered with trash. And that off-gassing of methane and carbon dioxide and nitrogen are going up into the atmosphere. And it's one of the leading causes of, of climate change and greenhouse gases in our atmosphere. Now, the opposite is if we do aerobic composting, this is grabbing food waste, other organic material, and mixing it in the right proportions of nitrogen, carbon, and air and water, we can actually do the opposite and pull carbon out of the atmosphere, sequester it, basically lock it into the soil in a really stable form where it can live in soil for thousands of years. And soils that are high in carbon hold more water, which makes them both drought and flood resistant. Um, hold more water means it holds more biology. Biology is microbes, microorganisms that are actually responsible for converting nutrients for plant growth. Um, so we're led to healthier food that grows out of soil that's rich in carbon. And ultimately it's just better for the environment in general because we don't, we need to, we need to start pulling those gases out of our atmosphere. Um, that's, that's essentially what's causing the climate change situation that we're in. And food waste is one of the leading causes. Okay. So for did that, did that, did that, did that do enough of a one-on-one? I can go, I can do a little bit even more simple on like how, how to make compost if you want, if you want. How about we explain, um, how about we explain your system and how sure. it works? Cause that kind of helps too. Sure. So just dive I'll right say, in. I'll, I'll say a little bit about what we used to do, like briefly, which will help. Yeah, exactly. Because I know and I'll let, after, talking, yeah. Yeah, after talking to Aloha Harvest, um, they were saying how, because before all of like the composting facility that you had, I know that you guys did composting um, without yeah. a facility, um, you know, to yeah. to help with your soils. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely explain that because that's what a lot of people can do on their own if they wanted exactly. to go down that route. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got space, if you've got a yard, um, you can compost. Now the basics are you need, I, I said it earlier, you need carbon, nitrogen, air, and water. That's the basics of what you need to, to make an aerobic compost pile. Carbon's going to come. We could also classify carbon. A lot of people call it browns because it's usually dry stuff. Um, so it's dry, brown, carbon, wet, green, nitrogen. That's a really great way to like sort of simplify it. Um, typically things like dry leaves, wood chips, paper, cardboard, um, sawdust, wood shavings. Those are all dry carbon materials. Um, and then you have nitrogen, green, wet. So that would be 
green leaves, um, food scraps, um, fresh cut grass, uh, fruits and vegetables, even manure is usually considered a high, a high green. Um, and those things are usually wet too. Um, and then of course you need the air and you need water. The very simple way to compost is just to combine those things, those dry, wet, dry and wet, brown and green together, uh, in a, about typically it's like a 60 40 70 30 ratio dry to wet um and you'll and you'll really be able to tell as you start doing it if it's nothing's happening too dry if it's too wet it'll be stinky it'll be it'll look funky it might have a, a odorous smell that means it's gone anaerobic so it needs either more dry stuff in it or it needs more oxygen and so that's like the basics of where you can start. And that's what we were doing here on the farm. We were layering uh, mulch as our brown. That's, a, that's chipped up branches and leaves that we get delivered from tree trimmers uh, on the island. And we would layer that with food scraps uh, or food waste and continue to layer brown, green, brown, green till it got to a certain size. And then we would stop adding to that pile for a little bit and eventually come through in about a couple of weeks and start turning it with the tractor and that turning helps one to mix the material, but also to aerate it. And then it naturally, it just starts breaking down more and more uh, and it gets hot. That's from, that comes from, the heat comes from uh, aerobic bacteria bouncing mm -hmm. off of each other and generating heat. And that's where, that's where the heat comes from. They thrive in that heat. Um, and we were able to do on the farm, we were doing about 2000 pounds of food waste a month, about 500 pounds a week. And we probably could have grown that to maybe three or maybe four um, before we got the machine. And I'll let Greg take it away for what we do now um, with the machine. Thanks, Sean. Um, so yeah, as Tom was saying, one of the things he had begun doing was diverting the food waste from the major surf competitions on North Shore. And he was working in tandem with sustainable coastlines primarily um, to do that work. And then I started joining in with that. And it was, I mean, all of this was just like such an incredible community alignment, like happening at the right time, because the lockdown was about to start. Um, and we were trying to look for a, more of an anchor on the farm to have, you know, as a something that would just mark a lot of boxes for where we were hoping the farm would go. And the earth flow, which is the industrial scale food waste composting device, the first of its kind in, in Hawaii, um, was originally supposed to go to Kakula Farms on the North Shore in Haleiwa, and it was not able to. So Sustainable Coastlines approached Sean and said, hey, we've got this opportunity. We, we, we've been, you guys have already been diverting this food waste. Would you like to partner with us and Food Bank Hawaii and like Frost Foundation and 11th Hour Racing, who, who did a lot of the funding, to be a pilot, to help us make this pilot program to one, prove it can be done, to get the uh, get it fully permitted with the Department of Health to normalize this kind of industrial scale composting and to prove that it can also be a, uh, a business that succeeds. And Sean and I talked about it and we was like a full body yes, because we just loved the opportunity of it. So we did everything, you know, we, we called on friends, we 
or mostly he and I did a lot of this work, but we did get a lot of help of prepping the site. The day that the machine arrived, it, it arrived on this huge rig that had like a side, like a, it was a side loading of the container because all the components were inside of it. And so it couldn't be like dumped like that. It had to be like, and the, the driver, she was like absolutely like surgical the way to get that machine in. I had to like jump up and cut the corner of like a roof off. Like we were like, this thing is getting in here. We had to cut some limbs off of a very nice mango, which the mango's even bigger, fruiting more now. And we got the earth flow there. And um, through more community engagement and sourcing out with um, professionals that we have relationships with, we did the fabrication. We had the Green Mountain team come out and give us the rundown of how to operate this machine and show us the technology of it. And basically what it's doing is taking, the Earthflow takes what Sean was ex explaining and it just amplifies that. Like it used to take, what do you say rough like to make a pickup like a big pickup truck size amount of finished compost it would take roughly what like eight months sean around there yeah yeah six to um, eight months yeah yeah that's very the expensive work yeah and so the earth flow is able to scale that up to where you know it can be um it can cut that time almost in the in a third to make the same amount and also much larger quantities the way it works is it's got a, it's, you know, in a nine foot tall, 20 foot, this particular model is a nine foot tall, 20 foot shipping container that the, um, the there's an auger that's on kind of like a, 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 an axis that moves throughout the machine. We could spend all day with the tractor and we would never get it to mix the way it does, um, which accelerates the composting process. The floor is aerated. Uh, we always say like with a bunch of, Puka's like uh, air hockey table. So we can mm -hmm. control all these systems. Uh, the gas, the off-gassing goes through a, what we've, uh, is like we call a biofilter. It's basically an IBC tote uh, full of mulch, which um, scrubs the air. And uh, so that's one of the, the best about this machine is it does not leak. There's no leachate into the, into the water table. There's very little odor compared to other methods of composting and it really reduces any vectors like bugs or rats um and it produces really great so and it's also just fun like on a nice skill <laughs> like we'll sit there and we'll just like watch it doing its thing and we just marvel at the amount of energy that's being produced and we were lucky enough to have revolution solar as a as a partner and they generously donated a a, a very um, powerful, like two Tesla Powerwall batteries um, system that runs it all. Um, so it runs that, it runs our office. Um, we have a, an education center. What do we call it? What is it? I forgot the name of it. What is it? The solution, solution center. center. Um, that, yeah, that we're working on in tandem with sustainable coastlines to um, just refine our messaging, how best to like pass this knowledge on to anybody that comes to the farm. So it, it, basically with now what we do is like, let's say Food Bank Hawaii or Aloha Harvest, they drop off uh, 800 pounds or so of usually fruit and veg um, that can no longer be served to humans. 
um, which we 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 want to do security for everyone. There's also that component of like why we're doing this, try to help bring awareness to that. And so we take that 800 pounds, we weigh it, we get all the data, we put that into machine. Then we take this is where the kind of like uh, like uh, it's those cooking shows where like we're gonna add a dash of it, so boom and uh sean and i through the several years of using machine in this climate um have an understanding of how much mulch then to put in to uh, balance that out and um the machine can take input um roughly about a thousand pounds a day um for capacity which is awesome that we dream of it growing more you know and like having more of these machines um and but like, you know, we input that and then, you know, you open the the back bay doors, which open completely um, after it's all gone through. And it's just like, it's, it's always like, wow. It's like always this reveal of something different because there's so much different life that has taken place in this process. And so sometimes we open it and there's just fingering of different mycelium, fungi, fungi mushrooms growing out, or there's different kinds of like, uh, I, it's just amazing. And then we take that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say that it's also you're able to put certain types of composting, like single use things, in. Maybe you can mention that. Um, we are how, how you're incorporating yeah. that. Yep. We currently are. You want to? Yeah. I was just talking, so Sean can handle that. Oh sure. Um. Yeah. The machine is. Um. Is able to compost single-use compostable materials um the fibrous materials and even the plasticky stuff and we've done test trials we're currently not permitted to to do that um but i say with a big yet um that is you know we're, we're hoping to get that permitted um and it's only you know it's only a matter of time um and and it's for good reason it's it's you know it's important that we that we test this material well mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, make sure that it's actually, you know, even if it physically composts to the human eye, there may be trace, you know, microplastics or even um, harmful chemicals that could be left behind the soil. And so, you know, because these materials are, are relatively new, um, you know, we just, you know, it's important to take our time with that. But yes, once we're able to, once we are permitted to do that, we'll be, we'll be accepting that stuff. Um, and it's and it's worth having the conversation, maybe not now, but it's worth just posing of like, you know, is single use compostable that much better than you know? It's still single use, right? And I think I think ultimately, when we're thinking about sustainability, when we're thinking about regenerative practices, when we're thinking about resilience, you know, perhaps the a better conversation is around how do we avoid single use altogether? Mm -hmm. And and so those are, those are questions that we think about. But in the meantime it's very easy to say that their single use compostable is better than single use plastic. So if that's a, if that's a transitional tool, then, you know, that's, that's kind of sometimes what we have to do. Um, but I want to just um, reiterate uh, back about Greg was saying of just like a major thank you uh, to all the supporters, like, you know, big props to sustainable coastlines really for kind of having this initial vision of bringing this machine to the Island. Um, you know, they saw a huge opportunity because of the waste they were diverting from these surf contests of like, heck, why isn't Hawaii, why don't we have a, you know, you read on those cups, actually it was, it was on those compostable things that we're talking about that, um, that I think helped spur the idea. You read on there, 
must be composted in an industrial composting facility. And so um, executive director of sustainable coastlines, Raphael Bergstrom, you know, started going like, well, do we have one of those? What does it take to have one of those in Hawaii? And that's what led him to finding um, this machine that we have. It's, it's, it's called an in-vessel machine. Um, and so it was, you know, relatively in terms of systems that can handle that, the easiest way to get one of those to Hawaii as opposed to building a multi-million dollar industrial composting facility. And that's something that we like about this machine is that it's in terms of barrier to entry, it's relatively easy. It's, it's in a shipping container. So it's, it's, it, it comes, it comes already enclosed as opposed to having to lay down cement and run piping through cement, you know, these larger uh, composting facilities cost lots to build. And, and while this is an expensive piece of machinery, it's significantly less than what it takes to build other industrial composting facilities. So the price tag on one of these things is a, is a little over a hundred thousand um, dollars. And depending on the site that you're putting at it, you know, it, you're going to need another hundred K or, or so to, for equipment and, you know, facilities, but, but then you're ready to go. So that's for, you know, quarter million dollars as opposed to several million dollars of building a composting facility. You can be processing, uh, which we're, we're doing now on our site, about 20,000 pounds of food waste a month, um, which is, which is significant. So just thought it, I'm just kind of, I guess I'm not, I don't know the details on this, but for the ones that are those big ones in the mainland that do these cups and all this plastic, not plastic stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Do they do the process the same in just a bigger facility or if there's another way of breaking these things down into stuff? I think typically what it is, is it involves a, uh, some element of, of shredding and grinding material. Um, it also most likely involves uh, forced aeration, which Greg spoke to our, our machine has positive aeration. Um, and that's, that's to, that's to bring the temperatures up and to maintain high temperatures. Uh, when you feed oxygen and air into the bacteria that's in a compost pile, they, it, it's like blowing air into a fire. It like, it stokes it. So it's feeding all that bacteria and keeping them at that high temperature range, which is about 150 degrees. It's a, above wow. between one, between 130 and 170 is our ideal temperature below 130. We're not it's not hot enough. We're not killing pathogens. Um, above 170, you're getting a little too hot and you're actually starting to kill some of the beneficial bacteria. So mm. the sweet spot is between 130 and 170. Um, and that's what this machine is able to keep our material and our compost at um, throughout the whole process. That's cool. So um, I guess I wanted to dive into, I know we briefly were talking about it, but some of like the laws and the different certifications and the, the challenges that you guys have to kind of the hoops you got to go through in order to make this work, because I think the ultimate goal would be to have this on all islands. I mean, we oh, here yeah. have an H power and it's, um, I mean, I don't want to say we take it for granted, but we do just dump everything we can in there now. Um, and it seems to, be helping but that doesn't help the neighbor islands by any means <laughs> um yeah. because they don't get to put their food ways i mean it's just their landfills are just getting filled so um yeah. what are the types of things that you guys are challenged with and i know that you said and i remember greg mentioning the process that it takes to get these certifications um 
and with things with Department of Health and whatnot. And yeah, maybe how it led um, up to this, because I know you were telling some yeah. stories of maybe how it was in the past and why they're so strict now and things like that. I don't think people know much about composting. I know I didn't and like how um like dirty or unsanitary like they can be. Um things sure. like that yeah, that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, what you're referring to is a, a, we hear a ghost story about a composting operation. <laughs> um, and it was in Waimanalo. And the people may have, they had a good intention, but it was mismanaged. So it created a giant pot up pile of rotting, unkept, um, it was just rot. So then you're inviting in a lot of flies, rats, um, the, like the a landfill. <laughs> like a landfill <laughs> yeah. and just neglected. And so, you know, that's also not very healthy for the water table if that stuff is like all leaking into, you know, if, it, if it's going into a stream. So there was, you know, the way that the health department was looking at that was sometimes it happens with bureaucracy is they like just no more of this at all, you know, not doing any more of this. So the when the, the earth flow um, in vessel was it's the first of its kind here so it did take a lot of kind of onboarding and luckily we had some rock stars I go on this shout out uh you know the, Jennifer Milhorn who did a lot of the legwork um with the permitting uh, and the diligence of of um compliance you know with the, the health department um to be able to ensure them that this thing wasn't contributing to hazardous um, situations like that had happened previously, which, you know, some people, depending on the perspective, like it's taking too long, it's taking too short, you know, there have been definitely times when we, we, we had been told like, okay, here, get ready guys, because two weeks that thing's coming and that window <laughs> would pass and then they would be like, uh, try to wait. And then, you know, months would go by. Um, and like kind of looking back on it now, um, I think, I, you know, I don't know, I'm just speaking for myself, but I understand that the, why these things take time to ensure for the, you know, as we move into a more triple, quadruple, all sorts of bottom line thinking, as we, you know, um, calibrate the way we we try at least because we see what the kind of approaching uh, lifestyle of single use and throw away and you know is completely unsustainable. Like understanding that, like not not only are these processes in place, hopefully for a reason, but people like us and the community that we build are able to change those laws um, because of such a group effort, you know, and like many hands making that work happen to be able to do that. And now what our hope is, is that we've laid a template um, for more of these machines to be permitted. Um, currently we are permitted to do the composting of that, of everything that Sean said, but aside from those PLA single uses. And um, what we are doing to be in compliance right now is we're sending soil test samples to be tested for E. coli and um, Salmonella. My blanket. Salmonella. Um, so once those come back um, clean, you know, several times, which shouldn't be a problem, 
um, with we should be fully permitted to be able to sell the compost as well. So right and now you also, guys are making it, and for those people that don't know, composting is soil. That I mean, once you finish, it's like a really good soil, and um, it's like gold for a farmer, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, currently, yeah. Oh, yeah. where does your soil go to now? Because I know it can't be sold. So it's is it just donated? Yeah. Is that how it works? A lot of yeah, a lot of it is yeah. used with the farm too, and yeah. and um. And other farms in neighboring, um, and part of uh, you want to speak about the compost collective because that ties in at all. Yeah, could you um explain that? Actually, I have a sure. client that moved into Waimanalo not too long ago, so I was gonna send this podcast so they could maybe join your collective because they're probably I think Absolutely. they're like right down the street from you guys. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, so we, over the last, you know, since getting the machine, we've, we've experimented with lots of different input sources, right? There's lots of, lots of sources for, for food scraps. Um, we've worked with restaurants, we've worked with schools, we've worked with, and, and continue to work with the Hawaii Food Bank, um, Aloha Harvest, and then of course there's residential food scraps, right? And so we started a subscription program um, that we call the Compost Collective, which is, allows residents who want to compost but for lots of reasons can't or don't have the time or the resources or maybe their apartment dwellers they don't have the space um, but they really want to make sure that their food waste gets composted uh, they can sign up for our membership and they can essentially get a, a bucket a five gallon bucket to fill their food scraps with and they get unlimited drop-offs in the month and for most people they fill a bucket in about a week so they they drop off their bucket about once a week and they have the convenience of coming to the farm, dropping their full bucket and grabbing a clean empty bucket to take home. And then Greg and I take care of all of the composting and all the bucket washing um, to make it a really convenient service. And, and that's about $25 a month currently uh, with just the one drop off location being on the farm. And we have a goal of, of, of starting a new drop point at the Kailua Farmer's Market um, where you know, people who are already coming to the market can bring their bucket and swap it there if that's convenient for them. Um, and then as soon as we are permitted to sell our finished compost, um, all of our subscribers will get a little bit of compost back every year just as a sort of a give back of like, hey, thanks for being a member. Um, and then they'll also most likely get a, a discount on buying compost because um, our in order to keep our operations sustainable, we do need to sell compost as a finished product um, to help you know, generate revenue for our, for our company. Um, and it is, as you said, is a really high quality product that we plan to do lots with like, like awesome. blends, little, little soil blends and, and lots, lots to come on that. So stay, stay tuned for really awesome. How long do you mixes. think it'll be until you guys can actually sell your product, like get that stamp of approval? I think we'll be, I think we'll have the stamp of approval within the next next two months two or two or three months cool. that's my that's my fingers crossed I, we're, we're not far and and you know and i just want to say it's 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 uh it's you know it's for good reason you know because we're we're doing something that hasn't you know been done and although it's being done successfully in other places um it's important to test this stuff because food waste food scraps are treated as a potentially hazardous material and and it's true that they 
face sometimes, you know, if not treated properly, it is potentially hazardous. Uh, and so it's important and we're confident in our methods. And so far, all the testing has been really good. So we're, we're fine to jump through the hoops and, and uh, when we're permitted, we'll be happy to be selling our compost. Okay. And let's see, I know we'll be wrapping up soon. I did want to, um, if you could share a little bit more about your volunteer days that you guys usually host, that would be great yeah. too. Sure. The, the, we have monthly volunteer days. Um, throughout the year, it'll be third Saturdays. Uh, and you can find out more information about that uh, um, either on our website, uh, fullcirclefarmhi.com or on our Instagram, fullcirclefarmhi. Um, and those are just really fun opportunities to engage with community, get your hands dirty, um, be a part of a communal effort, work experience, uh, typically learn something. And uh, we, have, we, we have a fun time together. And then what exactly do you do? Do you have uh, different schools come out? to your facility is that is it like a field trip side sort of thing we do yeah we're open to field trips um we we love we love bringing kids on the farm uh we really love sharing the farm with anyone we like to say uh you know kids of all ages uh you know so that that includes all of us we're all kids at heart and so we like to we like to create events for kids of all ages I'm going to talk to my daughter's school and see. I don't know what grades. There's usually certain, is there certain levels or grades that probably yeah. cover this? Or is it like anybody? Really anybody. We've had preschool through through university and we've and, and beyond. We've had, you know, we have adult groups come out to the farm as well. So uh, there's something I think for everyone here. Awesome. And um, let's see, what do you guys project um, your future to look like from, I guess, next five, maybe 10 years from now, like where I know Greg had some ideas and things like with their, your guys's, um, full circle solutions and everything. So I was curious to hear some other things to look forward to from you guys. Go ahead, Greg. Okay, I think that, so there's some sort of, I, uh, I'm in talking to you and there's like some <laughs> really loud drumming just erupted which is great it kind of made me be like yes we're gonna 5x we're gonna have at least five more of these machines uh what we hope to do is expand this um communal i mean the community compost collective to a point where that grows and scales we've done some numbers on like how we'd want to you know we're going to start in the so look for us at the kailua farmers market eventually we'll be in kakaako farmers market as well um we want to have TVs in like different um different, different islands you know and whether that's sean and i through full circle solutions um doing the design maintenance operations building kind of modular components of that um the, the drums are going are coming back now if you can hear those we I'm can't gonna, i don't know i can't hear it can you oh, hear it sean <laughs> no i can't I think it's like fire I think your That's AirPods are fire. doing wonders. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. Um, you know, and just like uh, not, not like having having composting be our our, our foundation and starting point. To eventually, partner with people that are uh, have different visions than us, 
to help create more sustainable solutions and closed-loop systems and bring them into this collective and help expand that. You know, that's some of the dreams. Well, I know that I've been trying to work on with our Eco Rotary to find a high school that would like to adopt the Lunch Out of Landfills uh, program that the SRAG, which is the environmental group for Rotary International pretty much, um, they've kind of helped launch this program in COVID. And it's, um, I did do a podcast with the people that originated this on the East Coast, but they have, you know, a composting facility um, like industrial size one. So they're able to put, you know, ship all their stuff and take it all to there because it's really close, like 15 miles away or something. And so we've been talking with them. They're helping us set something up. It would just be a matter of getting an, a high school, like Rotor um, Interact Club that would want to run this and then do it for an elementary school's food waste from their lunches. And so I think I briefly chatted with you guys about it, but um, the goal would then be to get um, all of that food waste once a week to you guys. Um, so I don't know, it's in the works. Uh, we just have to find those dedicated <laughs> participants that would wanna do something like this. But I could see this as a pilot happening in the DOE. And if it does get to this level, like it is over there on the East Coast, it's now getting into legislation. It is now pushing um, schools and getting funding for doing this at like a lot of schools within their county. And they're diverting about 86% of their, their waste from the lunches. And a lot of it is going to composting. So if we're able to do this, I would love to see, I feel like it would push the momentum towards the supporting these facilities all over if all of a sudden they were going to do this at every elementary school. So that's the goal. I mean, that would be an amazing thing to do. <laughs> we share that vision. We'd, we'd love to see that happening. Um, you know, I think ultimately it'd be great to see machines like this at all types of schools, universities, um, all any place that is, you know, producing X amount of food waste, which a lot of places are, this is a great application, you know, and I think um, building out um, a model, especially with the unique situation of being on an island, um, it, you know, it makes it makes sense to to have composting happening. I think the biggest takeaway is for people who are new to composting is that food waste is a, is a, is a confusing word. We hear waste and we think no longer, no more value. And what we're trying to change is that it's not waste unless it's thrown away. Before it's wasted, it's a resource. Mm -hmm. It's a very valuable resource that can be returned into soil health and can play a role in the climate change, you know, crisis that we're in. And more importantly, doing something about it early will help us to get the stuff that isn't yet waste to hungry people. You know, it, it's, and so it's, it's really a low hanging fruit to across all those things. It's hunger, nutrient deficiency, and climate change with one simple action of composting and looking at food waste differently. 
we can start to divert it and get it to hungry people and back into the soil. Awesome. Um, I think you've already given us ways to reach out to you. Do you guys have a specific email that if somebody wanted to send you guys something specific, they could email you? Yes. Yeah, go, we ahead. Do. I didn't mention go ahead. Fine. I think and our Instagram is FCS Hawaii, which stands for Full Circle Solutions Hawaii. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, you can find our website is fullcirclesolutionshawaii.com. One nice big, or is it HI? Fullcirclesolutionshi.com. And you can reach out to connect at fullcirclesolutionshi.com with any email questions. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that email address goes to Sean and I. Okay, who great. Are the only two are currently the only two employees. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that'll be changing soon when you guys expand. Um, yeah. I think, oh, I did have one other question. It was kind of off of the composting facilities. Is there like um, a zoning of where they can be or can they, because of how, you know, they're confined and everything, can they really be anywhere? Can they be on a residential spot or do they have to be in, on more industrial or ag or is there something specific to those terms with this um, that's a good question that was part of the part of why it didn't go to Kukua originally but i and is because there was a bill i think it's since been changed uh but i'm not 100 percent positive about that um certain waste management activities can't be within a certain radius of residential areas or schools, for example. But I think that that's been changed to remove composting from the, the general umbrella of waste management. Um, mm. If not, that's something that we can work towards um, is, is separating composting uh, from all other types of waste management. Because of course it makes sense. We don't want new dumps, you know, going in, in residential areas, but composting I think we, you know, has been shown in lots of other places to be different and to be safe. And so, you know, we may look to other states for how they regulate and for models. Um, California, for example, you know, I, I think that they have a, a rule where you can do composting up to a certain amount of tonnage. I think it's like 30 tons or something annually before you need to get certain permits. And so, there may be something like that that we can look to as a model for how to approach expanding composting here in Hawaii. I mean, even in San Francisco, right? I mean, they have a composting bin that you have to throw your trash and your compost into now by law. Exactly. Yeah. So which may which may happen. I guess that well. leads me really quick too into are there any specific bills that you guys are pushing right now in Ledge? Um or something to be aware of. I always like to throw that in there when we're in this time period. Uh, I'm sure there are. I wish I was better prepared. I, I don't have them off the top of my head, but I can. I'm sure. I'm sure that there are. Um, I know that there's one, but it's not really related to composting. But it, it's about deep water dredging. Um, but uh, I don't have any off the top of my head to share. Okay. No. Just. Just if you do did, that would be great. Um, we do discuss this with some of the, the people that are writing legislature. Um, and that's like one of the things we 
have been trying to engage like like a talk story around like a but none none specific right now like that we okay. that is on our radar. Well, I feel well, if we don't have the one that you mentioned about it being um, composting, if that's not already in place, that should definitely be something we look into. Um, yeah. I know sustainable coastlines and Surfrider and um, I'm working, I, I help with the cesspool task force and some of they, you know, even um, Sierra Club, a lot of them do a lot of these things. So I'm sure yeah. if it comes down to it, you guys have a lot of helpful partners. So um, thank you guys so much for what you do. And I hope this will bring you some more volunteers and um, maybe I can get our, our daughter's school in there for a, um, uh, a little tour sometime soon and working we on would love that. So would love that. Thank you so much. And yes, I think that wraps up everything so much. Um, so really appreciate your guys' time. I know it's eating into your work day. So um, don't forget to also subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on smartlivinghi.org um, and look under the podcast there, or you can go to any podcast platform to uh, listen to any of our podcasts. We do put this now that we have um zoom and we put it on our youtube as well and you can find us on instagram at smart living hawaii all right guys thank you so much thank and you mahalo thank live you. smart mahalo thank you